Do you talk about it with your friends? Do you dare talk about it with your grandparents? The Sealed Section, talking everything sex for everyone. Hey Shaggers, today we're going to be talking about herpes and I have Laura Shakir here with me today to talk about this with me and her own experiences. So hey Laura, how are you? Hi, I'm good thanks. Em, how are you? Yeah, I'm good thank you. So obviously you've come on here for a reason, so you're able to just go into a little bit of your own personal background with this topic. Yeah, yeah, of course. So I was personally diagnosed with um, herpes um, when, back in 2017. So um, there's two different types of herpes. So there's um, things known as um, herpes simplex virus 1, uh, which is HSV1, and then there's HSV2. So I was lucky enough to get HSV1. So basically, yeah, since then um, I've struggled with the stigma of it all. Um, yeah the mental um, burden that comes with it and also the social burden that comes along with it. So I just want to help uh, people out who do live with it and also inform other people more yeah. about it because that's basically why there's such a big stigma around herpes is because people don't have the knowledge about it and they lack maturity to talk about the topic as well. Yeah, definitely. I know so many people, they just genuinely don't know enough about it and like well they don't teach you even in school they're basically just like this is kind of like what herpes is especially like you know they don't even talk about cold sores really they more just say like this is genital herpes yeah and, and they show like the worst case you could possibly ever have and it's like that yeah. is not what it is no I've literally found that my own research with it some people literally get one sore some people don't get it at all like 90 percent of people or something don't get symptoms so like there's so yes. many people yeah there's so many people yeah. out there who would have especially like general herpes and they just don't know yeah yeah so um basically so you can actually get so hsv1 um, is more so oral herpes um but you can actually get that um on your genitals whereas hsv2 is more so for your genital genital herpes and that's the more aggressive form which means it's more of a recurring um flare up yep. yeah so you have hsv1 on your genitals yes. yeah yes. so do you find you have less so flare-ups then yeah yes yeah so i've had one flare-up since 2017 oh okay yeah which is amazing yeah that yeah. is because i know some of the symptoms like for some people it's just like they're so not pleasant and like when they get them regularly especially and like I've even seen people like they'll get it every period, for instance, and I can only just imagine, yeah, like how it's hard enough going through your period, let alone something yeah. like that. Um, with HSV, what are some of the common like signs and symptoms? Yeah, so um, some a lot of the common signs are um, I started with having uh, lots of fevers, so my temperature yeah. was so up and down. Um, so I thought I was getting sick. Um, it starts with sometimes you get like a tingly feeling or something's just not right. Um, you can get what looks like like an ingrown hair down on your genitals or something. Cause that's originally what I thought it was. I was like, oh, I've got mm. a really bad ingrown hair. Ew. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah. And then the blisters do tend to open up and then they can spread from that. So your worst, um, your worst flare up is always the first one. Yeah. 
So you get everything in one big whack and it lasts maybe about a week and then that's it. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. And then obviously do people typically like their symptoms get better over time, like the longer they have it? Yes, yes. So um, it's because it is a virus. So as your immune system starts to break down, um, your symptoms start to get better and better because your body's not trying to fight it off as much. So you're not having your fevers and things like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, I mean, a good thing. And then obviously less symptoms because like having a fever and all that, like that's horrible enough in itself. Did you even think that herpes was an option when you were going through this? No, Um, and not until I did like a research and everything and I was like, oh, all right, I think I better go to the doctors. Yeah. Because I was like, oh, like it's not like me to have multiple ingrown hairs. Like this is so bizarre. Yeah. Um, but yeah are you able to delve into like your own diagnosis and stuff so like going to the doctors and like what happened oh, yeah, and, of course. yeah. So, um, it was actually it's actually kind of funny now that I look back on it but at the time it was completely not funny at all but um I was over in Shanghai in China I had my first outbreak oh my gosh that was so full completely on. away from all my family I was, uh, yeah I was on a study trip over there and I had to grab my teacher and be like oh, my God, um, like, we need to go to the doctors. Like, something's not right. And she's like, yeah, this is why we've got travel insurance. We'll go. We'll go find one. And I went to the doctors and she, like, barely spoke a lick of English. And I was trying to explain to her, like, what I thought was happening. She was like, oh, I can't help you. I can't help you. And I was like, oh, this is the worst thing. Um, and I'm lucky that my mum's actually a nurse. So, um I messaged my mom and I was like, hey, I think this is happening. And she um, got online and found some stuff in Chinese that I could go to a pharmacy and show them um, that they could hopefully get me, um, which was good. Um, but, yeah, and then it wasn't until I got back. So I got back maybe five days later after that back into Australia and booked in to see a doctor. And so it takes maybe about one day to get your diagnosis back and the way they do that is generally they will swab um, one of your lesions if you have any lesions um but but due to the fact that i didn't have any left they actually had to do a blood test so um they tested my blood and just did a general swab of the area and um yeah it was one i reckon it was a thursday night i got a call when i was standing in my kitchen and they're like oh so just let you know um but yeah so they told you your diagnosis over the phone when you were oh, yeah. at home yeah. oh my gosh so there was no yeah. like they didn't even know if there was support around or anything no no oh my um, gosh yeah so it wasn't handled the best way but throughout like during the doctor's appointment where I thought I had it like I delved into when I thought I got it because um of I, like I've always the safest person, like condoms, everything. I was like, no, nah, we're not doing sex or anything unless we use a condom. Yeah. And this one time, like it was just different to other times. And um, I dove into the details with my doctor and she was like, um, she gave me information um, in regards to like, oh, pregnancy, um, what can happen? Um, and basically she just calmed me down a little bit and also um, put me onto a counsellor to speak to them. Yeah, which was awesome. always helpful. Yeah, because yeah. it's literally one of those diagnoses where the social aspect is the hardest part, and yeah. the emotional yeah. like that's the hardest part to overcome because it's yeah. just 
the stigma around it is so horrible. How did you like when yeah. you got that positive diagnosis? Like, how did you feel like in that moment? Oh, I cried. Yeah, I bawled yeah. my eyes out. Um, luckily, I was the only one home. Um, yeah. And then because um, I had a couple friends with me on the trip, and I messaged them, and then I told them, and I just cried and cried. And then I was like, for I reckon, it was like about the next five or six months, I was just a complete depressed mess. Like I was not accepting it. I was like, nah, this isn't me. Well, because I wasn't myself anymore. Like I was a completely new person. But I was like, no, Um, everything's going to change. I'll never find a boyfriend. I'll never Mm -hmm. be happy. Oh, my God, I'll never have sex again. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. (laughs) I know, but, like, that would be literally the first thought because everything you hear about this is, no one's going to want you. No one's going, you can't have sex. No one's going to even want to have sex with you. Like, and you're just going to be like this outcast that you just oh, won't be able yeah. to live this normal life again. Yeah. Well, like the only side effects of having herpes other than getting a lesion maybe once every now and then is the emotional and social pain that you receive from having it. Yeah. That's and, it. Yeah, literally. And I like things like chlamydia and things like that where they have massive side side effects of like prolonged term side effects of not getting it treated herpes doesn't have that yeah so you actually really wonder why it has such a big stigma compared to everyday things like chlamydia and gonorrhea and things yeah, like that exactly that literally it's so true and people just I don't know why they don't I suppose because we're just not educated people don't know so they yeah. and they don't know how to approach it and all you see in the media especially like you always see in movies like they'll make a joke like at least it's not herpes or like stuff no, like that which is constantly family got episode, um, that I cannot watch because it's like oh it's an entire episode based on herpes but how disgusting it is are you able to like talk me through like those months afterwards like what that was what that was like and you know were you talking to people like you were interested in at all like sexually or did you just like completely cut that aspect out of your life um I got really lucky actually in regards to having um like such a good support group of friends around me during that time that um were like hey come on still come out come have fun with us like what are you doing why are we sitting at home yeah um and I was actually, yeah, um, talking to someone and the first person I actually told about it that was um, like a sexual interest is the reason I'm so easily able to tell people now because he took it so well. He was like, oh, yeah, cool, like whatever. Like he didn't really care. He was like, oh, cool. I was like, oh, do you have any questions? He's like, no, like, it was pretty easy. And I was like, what? What is going mm. on? Why are you so cool about this? yeah but then again like that does come with maturity because like I've had people like after him where I've told them and they've started spitting on me and things like that in disgust and obviously that's poor character judgment on my behalf but um like there's just no need for that type of reaction to something like that no not at all and especially when you have to be unfortunately it it is such a vulnerable thing because people don't talk about it you have to be so vulnerable and put yourself out there and then to get that reaction, obviously, like, it'd just be such a kick in the guts. How do you, like, cope with those? Like, does it put you back into that earlier mindset or are you able just to, like, brush it off? Like, no, nah, they are just, like, they weren't the one, obviously, for me anyway. 
Well, like with some of them, I'll just say like some of them were like just drunk and hookups and things like yeah. that. And I'd go home with them and they'd be like, ew, why, why would you not tell me this at the chat? And it's like, well, it's not like I'd go to the pub and be like on the dance floor. Oh, by the way, before we head home, like, no. <laughs> no, not at all. Literally. And like they should be having these conversations before they have sex anyway. Obviously, it doesn't always happen because it's in the heat of the moment. But people just so aren't used to talking about sexual health in general like it doesn't even cross their mind no and they're all like all right wham bam let's go yeah they don't really care yeah with getting to where you are now and being so open about it and like just the process you've had to go through was there anything in particular that like really helped you get to where you are now um, I reckon actually just looking into the research and also having such a supportive um, people around me, such as my family and my friends, because um, without having friends that not only, um, well, they, none of them actually understood because they didn't personally have it. So it was being able to have them wanting to learn about it and have me tell them about what's going on so they could understand and um, sympathise with me when I was, say, having maybe I thought I was having a flare-up or something like that. Yeah. Did you become more paranoid then with any little ingrown hair or anything that it was a flare-up? Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, So you can actually take um, antivirals to um, help um, reduce the likelihood of flare-up. So you can take them, there's some you can take every single day. But um, when I was first diagnosed, my doctor didn't suggest them because they do have some um, effects later on in life in regards to like your kidneys and your livers and everything, like every medication does. But the ones I am, um, I do take it actually, if I ever feel like a tingle of a cold sore coming on, and they're just an antiviral that you can get over the counter at the pharmacy and you just take three little pills straight away yeah. and it stops it completely. Oh, awesome. As we like had said, there's obviously a lot of stigma. Have you experienced like the stigma outside of like sexual relationships as well? Um, I have um, through some friends previously with them lacking knowledge and um, with arguments like that and it's just been a bit of backlash but other than that like we've all just kind of grown up and matured since that's happened so there's never really been like any of my friends that have been like oh my god no we can't be friends with you um we can't share a drink cup because oh we're gonna get herpes like no one I wouldn't share a cup with you if I have a cold sore and two you can't get it unless I'm kissing you like yeah yeah exactly so it's like being like from Waterville, small town syndrome <laughs> um yeah. how have you found the stigma of that because I can only imagine being diagnosed with herpes in a city to being diagnosed in Waterville and like oh. just a small town completely different yeah. how did you like find that experience um in Warrnambool I find that the girls are more forgiving than the guys in regards yep. to it all. Yeah. So if I was to maybe say like a guy, I've got herpes, he'd be very immature about it. He would mm-hmm. make a big fuss of it and he'd go tell all the guys at the bloody warning or something and they'd sit there and have a drink over it. Yeah. Uh, whereas I remember one of the first times when I went to Melbourne and I told um, – someone up there and they're like oh we don't care like there's heaps of us here who have it like yeah not 
including here. But like there was heaps, so many people there, it wasn't an issue there. Like it wasn't out of the normal to hear, oh, by the way. Yeah, and, that's um, so interesting. Like some of the people, yeah, so some of the people I ended up telling down here in Warnable, like obviously word's gone and spread around. Mm-hmm. And now I'm having girls that contact me who have just been diagnosed and um, need someone to talk to which obviously I do not mind at all. Like I wish I had that kind of support that I can give them when I was first diagnosed. Yeah, definitely. And I think it's something that you definitely, you you just want to know that other people can live with it and that they can live a normal life because I think that's the scariest part. I know myself, I thought I had herpes once and I went because I had um, ended up being like, I can't say the word. It was basically like in like an infection in my like ingrown hairs. And so I like... Yeah, and so I remember I went out one night and I was just a mess because it was the night before the appointment and I was just, like, drinking, riding myself. I was like, I don't give a fuck about anything. Like, my life's over. And I remember I spoke – everyone I'd spoke to didn't understand and then there was just one girl and she was like, no, I know so many people with it. And then put me in contact with another um, girl and I was texting her and, like, instant – like, I felt so much – better about it obviously still not great but just to know like okay if if this does happen like it it is what it is I can like I can live with this like it's not it's not going to be like the end of the world yeah no I completely yeah yeah and because it's just terrifying so like how did you go with that not having people like because did you find anyone that you could talk to or did you really like just have to tough this one out I um toughed a lot of it out but I had my closest, like my best friend was the person I relied on through thick and thin through all of that. Yeah. Um, she put up so much shit from me in the first little while of that. But also I relied on to my mum a lot because she is a nurse too. So she did understand a bit more about what was going on. Um, but other than that, it was just more so doing the research myself and re- relying on me finding my own knowledge in regards to what's happening and understanding my own body and how it's reacting to this new virus. Yeah, definitely. How have you found navigating sex since your diagnosis? Um, it's actually, so it's the only thing that's actually really changed for myself in regards to sex is the whole telling the partner thing. So just having to have that extra step and generally I would, I used to tie that in um, when being like, you're putting a condom on, by the way, like I would say that before. Um, yeah. So generally it hasn't changed too much. Um, I've got a partner at the moment and um, like he's amazing with it all, completely fine. And we just have a normal sex life that a lot of people have. Yeah, which is awesome. Um, and would be. Yeah. Like um, you generally do be a bit cautious and use protection, of course, um, but there's always that chance that someone's going to get it um, and it's just going to risk that you're going to be willing to take. Yeah. I remember the, one of the things my doctor said to me in regards to sex when I first had an appointment, she said the best outcome for you in regards to sex would be to find another partner that has herpes and I was like, oh, well, shit, here we go. That's never going to happen. Yeah, it's, it's interesting that, I mean, I understand that advice, obviously, because that's easy. You don't have to stress about part, passing it on. But then did it ever plant a thought in your head, oh, my God, I can now only date people who have herpes? Yeah, 
authentic, yeah. But then also I was like there at the time and I was like, well, if I'm terrified to tell them, how are they going to tell me? Like how am I going to be interested in a guy? I always thought I was the only one in Warnable who had it. Yeah. Like that's how my thought pattern was going. Yeah, and you literally would feel like that because people just don't talk <laughs> about it. Like honestly, like I didn't know anyone growing up that had herpes because no one talked about it and like it was like the biggest if someone did like they were, I can imagine it literally would have been like their biggest secret and not didn't didn't want to tell anyone yeah well like I would cry and cry and cry when I first had my um, diagnosis and I'd go into social settings and if I'd have too much drink I'd be like crying because I was like oh I'm never gonna find anyone this is terrible um and then because I'd obviously told previous partners, um, they'd gone and told other people and it just spread around town like wildfire. Oh, yeah. It like I was made up to point for a good while there. Yeah, definitely. I can imagine. And something like that, they just eat it up. They think, oh, this is like, – Oh, yeah. Yeah, listen to this. Like I can literally just imagine it. Um, How do you go then – so like obviously you have to use – well, you don't have to use, but obviously like using condoms – with like pregnancies and things like do you have to start like taking antivirals so that it's less likely to pass on to your partner or do you just like take the risk or um in regards to pregnancies um I don't particularly know because well I'm not trying at the moment yeah so I of course, into of course. um <laughs> but like the doctor did say oh if you are ever actually trying to get pregnant make sure you tell the doctor because that was one of my first questions was oh my god can I pass this on to my kids and she's like look, there's a slight chance you can if you do um, have a natural birth, although there is always option of getting a C-section and things like that where you might not even pass it on to your child. But then again, it's like um, the kissing disease um, for a lot of young babies. They can get it um, like that. How long? So you got diagnosed 2017. How long did it take for you to become okay with your diagnosis? honestly think because it was at the end of 2017 I honestly think it took me at least a good seven or eight months to be like all right this is you're okay you were not completely written off yeah um and obviously that was when I had a supportive um I had a supportive interest with me um I had all my supportive friends and things like that and it wasn't until I was like you realize no one's sitting around talking about you like you're Mm -hmm. not the butt of every joke at the moment like you don't have to tell everyone um that I finally became and was like all right like this this is me like it's not it's a temporary thing like it comes out and goes within a week if I did have a breakout it's not like something I have to deal with every single day it's not something constantly on my mind yeah yeah that's very true it just goes to show how much more of it like emotionally and mentally debilitating it is than the actual physical symptoms themselves yeah exactly um but like with that being said um if you don't have any symptoms you have less than a two percent chance of actually transmitting to a sexual partner oh my god is that it i had no because i've tried like looking and it's just so inconclusive because like and like oh that is well i mean and, like, if people knew that, it takes out so much of that fear as well. Like, and oh, like exactly. It's something, like, so many people have herpes in one form or another anyway. Like, basically everyone yeah. has it, 
but it's just mm. that so many people don't get symptoms, like they're asymptomatic. Yeah, 50% of people don't even know they have herpes and that's how their partner get it. Yeah. And um, basically one in 10 people have herpes. Yeah. Like that's how common of a thing it is. Yeah. Um, given it is, women are more likely to catch it than men, unfortunately. Yeah. But um, the only time that can really um, it can get to another partner when you don't have any symptoms is when um, what's happening is called shedding. So the virus is actually trying to shed out of your um, out of your body, and that's how your partner can get it. Yeah. So it actually um, enters the skin through your mouth, the genitalia, or cuts. And that's because the virus lives on um, the nerves beneath the skin. So people could have it from a sexual intercourse from years and years and years ago and have no idea because it can just lay there and inactive and be triggered from something such as like stress or a period or some major event happening. Yeah, that's really interesting. And then that would almost cause conflict for long-term partners because they would think there's almost been like infidelity, someone's cheated because someone's just ha- you know one of the partners has now been diagnosed with herpes so then they're like oh my god who's cheated <laughs> like because that would yeah, honest, yeah. Like, so a lot of people that would I, be their first thought yeah so exactly until I knew that like I was set on who gave it to me and then I was like hang on you need to take 10 step backs and stop being an angry bitch and just yeah. settle down for a second yeah I can yeah and I can imagine because you would you want to blame someone so you could almost nearly feel better like help with your own process of Mm. dealing with it all so I can and then that just yeah obviously there is a spatter in the works you're like actually I could literally have this have had it for so long and you you just wouldn't Mm. even know Mm, that's really interesting exactly and like some people even born with it yeah literally Literally, that's so true. Do they know how often, like, viral shedding can occur at all or is it just? Um, it really just depends. Um, I'm not yeah. 100% sure. I don't think they even really know, to be honest, because <laughs> I, like, did a bit of research into it, obviously, when I thought that I was going, like, had herpes. And then even, like, I so I follow so many Instagram accounts um, that were herpes positive before I got into anything sex positive. And... Funny thing with the stigma, I remember one of my friends, I was like, oh, look at all these, like, I was like, oh my God, I've got all these herpes accounts. I'm getting follows from these, you know, these doctors that have the cure for herpes because they can see that I'm following these herpes accounts on Instagram. <laughs> and she was like, yeah. oh, you know, you should probably unfollow that, like those accounts. Like you don't want people seeing that <laughs> you're following these sex positive people who are just openly discussing their diagnosis. And I was like, excuse me? I was like, yeah. what? why would I do that but it shows there's just so much shame and stigma like attached to oh, it yeah. even yeah, I, everyone be happy to be like oh yeah I've got chlamydia like yeah all right <laughs> another thing do doctors test for herpes in their general STI screening no no they do not so herpes tests generally do have to be requested um, and they are either a swab or a blood test. Um, they try to not really do a blood test because sometimes they can be inaccurate. Yeah. Um, so if you do have a lesion, they want to use that. So yeah. that's the one annoying thing is there's no real way of testing for herpes 100% accurately Yeah. unless you do have a lesion or an outbreak. Yeah, and that's another – people wouldn't know that. So many people just assume – 
I've had an STI test. I've been tested for herpes. No one would yeah. really, unless you look into it or ask your doctor or they do that, that. I've only had one. I've had so many STI tests. Only one doctor said, this doesn't test for herpes. And mm-hmm. I'm like, and if you, like, if, like, if people don't, doctors don't tell you that, you just assume, oh, then I, I can't have that. Yeah, yeah. And um, with so many doctors too, they like to, uh, they do mention it now too because it is going through Warnable like a wildfire. Is it? Like yeah. it is. So, so many people have it and um, so many other people are little to know that they do have it. Yeah, literally. And I, especially when the symptoms, if it's not, you know, like what you see in the textbook, you can pass it off as, mm-hmm. oh, it's just an ingrown hair or, like, you know, just from shaving or this and that, like, yeah. they, they, they wouldn't even know. Mm. Or you look at it for the week and you're like, oh, I don't know, I don't know. Oh, it's gone, it's fine. I don't need to go to the doctor. Yeah, exactly. And then you continue to have sex with everyone around Warnable. Yeah, literally. Um, another thing that I heard, well, not heard, but talking about the doctors, because when obviously they say they don't teach it, or not teach it, they say they don't test for it, um, because the stigma is too great for the, like, the stigma is so high that it's not even worth testing for because the mental burden is worse than the physical burden itself. So, like, we'd rather just not test for it because obviously they're not 100% accurate with the bloods and things, but they're, like, the mental burden's too, like, just too much. Like, if we have someone who's never had symptoms but they're positive, we'd rather them just think they don't have, you know, they don't have it exactly. and have to deal with the psychological stress of having herpes. Yeah. And sometimes not knowing is better than knowing with some things. But when also when you can look at it, someone who knows that they have herpes is more aware of their sexual health than someone who doesn't. 100%. So someone who knows they have herpes will 100% completely consent, can still go and get tested for other stuff if they want to go around and have sex, but they know that they have it. Yeah. Whereas, so you're likely to have a better result sleeping with someone who knows they have herpes than someone who doesn't. Exactly. And your communication would be more open, everything... I can imagine would just be better because people when it comes to sex get so hesitant to talk about the important things with it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like people just try and avoid the subject um, and they just assume that everyone's all lardy darn fine because they want to go ahead with it. Yeah, literally they do. I mean, at a, like literally everyone I've slept with, there has not been a single person that's stopped and been like, let's talk about this. <laughs> and just yeah. like before sex or even, you know, if you're talking to someone on Tinder, no one ever talks about sexual health or anything. Like they just, they they don't. And even when if you do bring it up, it gets so awkward. Like I've had guys like say like for instance, like we're having sex and then, they'll be like, oh, you know, I, I can't finish with a condom. And I'm like, then I stop doing sex and, like, have this, try to have this conversation about, like, their sexual health and my sexual health. And it's, they just get so awkward, like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, you should just be like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, they just get so awkward about it. And I'm like, why is this so hard to talk about? Hmm. Obviously, it's I'm not like, the, I oh, sorry, you go. The conversation. Yeah. <laughs> and it, um, I I remember the first time I told my partner um, and I'd had a fair few wines beforehand yeah. and I'm like, we're getting in the mood and everything. And like next thing it got to the point where I had to tell him 
and I just burst into tears like I was just hysterically crying because I was like oh I like this guy so much he's gonna hate me for it blah 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 and he was like oh my god like are you okay like completely just killed the mood because I was just hysterically crying (laughs) (laughs) and he's like it's it's okay like you're safe and I was like you don't get it (laughs) and he's like all right I'm just gonna talk it out (laughs) oh that's sweet yeah Telling people in regards to your sexual health is always a lot easier without alcohol involved. Having that conversation is so much easier without alcohol involved. Is there something about herpes that you wish people knew more about? Um, Just that it's actually not as bad as they think it is. Like, it's a little sore. It's a little ulcer. Like, majority of people have HSV1, which is an oral herpes, and you get maybe a cold sore every now and then. Um, and really the fact that they're so standoffish about it, some people can be, is what makes herpes as bad as it is because it's not bad. It's the people that have the stigma around it that makes it bad. Yeah, exactly. And I think hopefully with more awareness with things like this, it I can actually you know help people understand it better. And the sex education system in Australia needs to change. It needs a whole revamp completely. Like, it's it's so bad. Like, it's yeah. just when you leave and look back onto it and especially, like, everything I've been doing, looking into all these things, I'm like, what the fuck? How is this the standard and how is this standard okay? Like, how are these adults teaching us when they've got all this life experience and being like, yeah, this is adequate. This will get you through life. Yeah. It's crazy. This is all you need to know. And hopefully with just more like things like this and education, hopefully one day they can actually break down, you know, what different STIs are especially and how, what to do when you are diagnosed because so like it's like one in two under 25 will be diagnosed with an STI. So why aren't they teaching us how to how to cope with it, what to do, how to respond to people who do have a positive diagnosis? Because so many people wouldn't even know how to respond to someone disclosing. And, like, I'm sure you can imagine, like, a lot of, I, well, I'm assuming here, a lot of people when you have disclosed, you're probably the first person who's actually disclosed, like, hey, I have an STI that, like, you yeah, know, you yeah, know exactly. what I mean? Yeah. Uh, well, it's not like guys ever stop me and being like oh hey by the way um I've got this this or something like it was just done all right yeah exactly I've Um, never had someone either and it really makes you think because guys don't like to open up enough about it as well either Mm -hmm. like generally you know women they get are more likely to get it but the guys if they ever say hey um you might have herpes you might have something to be like no like no you're fucked I don't like that's you disgusting you got that from someone else yeah and then obviously unless they actually get a symptom or something they won't go get tested do you have any advice for those who have just been diagnosed or they're really struggling like with their diagnosis um reach out to your friends and your family those people that you really trust because they will be very understanding and they will be there for you. I know it feels like you're all alone and that they don't understand and it can feel like that, but there will be support groups. There's knowledge you can get online about what's happening and it's going to be all okay. Like 
it takes time. You will be angry. You will have those days you feel upset, you're angry, you're depressed, you don't want to do anything, and that's fine. But you've got to know that it will pass and you will feel 100% normal because, well, you are normal. You will feel like yourself again. But it just takes time and you've just got to know that. And if you do need someone to talk to, message me, look me up. I won't be like, oh, my God, why is this random messaging me? Like, no, like give me a message. Give anyone a message. I can put you on support groups. I can send you videos and things to watch and what helped me through it because in the end I did it on my own at the start. And if I can help other people not go through that little bit of feeling absolutely isolated, then and I'm doing the right thing with being diagnosed with this. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's awesome that having, you know, a resource that is this living breathing thing that can relate to you. You know what I mean? Not just a pamphlet that the doctor gives you because it just it's all exactly. those those little questions that you need to know and even your doctors sometimes like they're so out of their depth with those things. Like mm. some can be amazing, but others just they're like they don't even know themselves because they have to know so much it's so hard to know <laughs> about like you know those things in particular and that's another thing find a doctor that you really trust and that really understands you I've been lucky to find two in Warnable that I would never go to anyone else other than them yeah and they're so genuine and, and understanding and they say hey if we need to chat something, like they will do the research. If they know I'm coming in or something's up, they will do the research so they can actually understand better what's going on. Yeah, that's amazing. And that's what, like, you know, you, you want your doctor to do because you do need all the support you can get because it's one of those diagnoses where you it gets thrown on you and it's you don't have the knowledge and all the skills. And, like, you would have to develop so much in so many aspects of your, of your life working on like just even your own self-development and just to get you to who you are now like have you found you're more confident or more like in touch with yourself since like having to work through all of that I find I'm a lot stronger willed and like I don't really put up with as much crap as I used to before I yeah. had it like I'd be a I'd be a bloody doormat for anyone who'd say or do anything and nowadays like if someone does something I'm like hold up like no that's not on don't say that don't do this and I find that I'm more aware of my body and how it reacts to different foods to different weather to all these different things in the environment around me because I got so used to focusing on um trying to figure out if I was going to have a flare-up so I was constantly mm. monitoring my body I picked up on things that I would never have picked up on before. Um, do you find like do you often think about your di- like your herpes now? Because I can imagine it would have consumed your mind every day. Have has that passed, or is it still something that regularly comes onto your mind? It has well and truly passed. The only time I ever think about it, I'm like, oh, hang on, that's a tingle. I'll go grab like um, the medication from the cupboard or something. Like that's it, and that's take the three tablets and we're done. Like unless someone's openly and actively talking to me about it, I don't think about it because, well, I don't have a need to. It's just a passing moment. Yeah. And I can imagine when you were first diagnosed, you probably never would have thought that you were going to get to, you know, this oh. point of, you know, clearness in your mind where it doesn't just consume everything. 
Yeah, no, honestly, like I thought it was the end of the world. I was constantly thinking about it. I was always upset about it. And now I look back on that. I'm like, that was so silly of me to let that consume so much time of my life Mm. over this one little thing that isn't as nowhere near as bad as I thought it was. Yeah. And then hopefully with more education and things like that, people can skip that horrible first year or months or years, however long it is, and they can, you know, get on with their life and live their happy, healthy life and, you know, just have, you know, their herpes diagnosis on the side and not be something that completely consumes them. Yeah, exactly. Like that's the aim and because it's, it's not something to be terribly worried about it's a little sore that's all it is yeah exactly but yeah I do just want to touch on that to let people know that you can actually get um both HSV1 and HSV2 at the same time they're not necessarily HSV1's oral and um, HSV2's um genitals it can be swapped around and you can pass them on from doing like oral flavors and things like that um but yeah it's just it's more so knowledge is power. Yeah, definitely. The more people that have the knowledge, the better it'll all be for everyone. Yeah, exactly. And then just touching on what you just said. So then if someone has a cold sore on their mouth and then they say go down on someone, like have oral sex, they can then pass the HSV onto that person's genitals. Yes, yes, they can. Yeah. So yeah. that's how I've ended up with HSV1 on both my lips and my genitals. Um, which is actually very unlikely to have both outbreaks at the same time. So it's very unlikely to get HSV1 um, on your lips and on your genitals at the same time. I think I'm just a goose. I'm, I'm a lovely winner with that one. <laughs> yeah. And if, but, yeah. Can, can you get both HSV1 and HSV2 on your genitals, like have both um, viruses within your body? No, so once you get HSV1 or HSV2, um, it generally stays like that. So you can have alternating between like one or two, but you can't have one up your lips and then all of a sudden you get HSV2 on there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like once you get HSV2, you've generally got HSV2. Thank you so much, Laura, for coming on and talking about herpes. I think it's something that's really important for us to talk about and a lot of people really just don't know enough about it so thank you so much for coming on and being this voice that people can hear and hopefully help broaden their knowledge about it oh yeah no of course it's I mean, my absolute pleasure um it was the least i could do to help broaden the knowledge around it all because it's such a hidden topic so thank you yeah, for having is. me no worries thank you thank you to laura for coming on and talking about herpes a lot of people are too scared to talk about this topic and if they do they just take the piss out of it because it makes them uncomfortable purely because of the stigma and because we don't talk about it so thank you to Laura for giving me this opportunity to talk about it with you and hopefully get people to change their perspectives especially around the stigma around herpes and hopefully help provide information to people that they potentially didn't know about as always shaggers Please reach out with any of your comments, questions, or stories to the sealed section, either through my Instagram at the sealed section 
or my email emilyduncan at thesealedsection.com. Please subscribe so you can always keep up to date and leave a review as I would love to know what you're thinking. So thank you, Shaggers, and I will see you in a couple weeks. Thank you.